Welcome back to the Boombasticast with the one and only Alexander Hawk and the great Matthew Fisher. That's me. And yeah, that's him. And today we are going to be checking the gates with the late, great Mr. Ivan Reitman. A comic genius uh, who has directed, produced, and uh, been involved in so many projects. Uh, We'll only be uh, uh, looking at his directoral um, projects, not anything that he's written or produced. So, um, so, Matt, you want to, uh, to dive in or you want me to dive in? Well, I think we should both put on our swimming trunks. And then after that, we'll put on our wife beater shirts because I don't think neither of us go beer chested when we go swimming. And uh, we could both go hand in hand swan diving off uh, off the diving board. We got double diving boards at the Boombastic Cast. Um, yeah. Ivan Reitman, you know, rest in peace. We just lost him, what, maybe two months ago, maybe a month ago. Legendary in, in, in the comedy world. There's these films that. You know, they they kind of are your childhood in a way. They're so massively important as a kid that you've seen uh, that this dude had his hand in. You know what I mean? Um, other cool stuff too um, for generations. You know what I mean? Quite a you know he 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 wielded a big crown on his head though. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. So without further ado, yeah, we'll pop in. So. Uh, like Alex said, we're just doing directorial efforts or we'd have to do a two-parter and we're lucky to get here for one episode, let alone a two-parter, two-deucer, man, the deuce Um So I guess we'll start up. I, I'm not going to front. I've never seen his 1968 short orientation. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd like to, though. It was a spoof of a typical university orientation film about a freshman's life at university. I can picture what that would be, and it's probably really kind of cool, you know what I mean, following this kind of probably dude from Hickville, USA, going out to the big old college. He's going out to the college. Um, I picture Stephen King's character in Creepshow for some reason. But uh, you've never seen Orientation. It's 23 minutes long. No, no, I haven't seen any of his shorts, unfortunately. I think that did a double feature with Insomniac back in the 70s. Uh, the Columbus of Sex, that's, that was uh, he didn't, That was just something he produced. I got mixed up for a second. So 1971, let's get real. 1971 and 73 brought us Foxy Lady and Cannibal Girls. Heck now, yeah. Have you seen either of these films? Okay. Um, to be perfectly honest, I have not seen these films, but I did watch the trailers for a trailer for Cannibal Girls. Now, um, and also I checked them out on IMDb. Uh, they do have one interesting little thing about them. They yeah. both have a an actor that we all know and love from comedy. But it's the only time I've seen him in anything else than Ivan Reitman has done. And that is Eugene Levy. Ooh. Deep cut. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was interesting. I don't think Eugene Levy did anything else uh, with Ivan. Um, 
But yeah, he he's the only notable name in those things. I mean, watching Cannibal Girls, it's it's a complete um, B movie. You know, hot chicks killing guys, selling off the meat. It's oh, but it still does have the tongue in cheek uh, Ivan Reitman style of you know humor, uh, which you know you love. You can't get enough of that. But yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like uh, something that uh, he was using to try to get get an idea. I mean, directors have to uh, before they make it in the big time, they have to do some you know smaller or ex- ex- uh, experimental uh, projects to you know get their footing and see what they can do and uh, what works. Yeah, you know Eugene Levy uh, from uh, SCTV, I believe. You yeah. know what I mean. Going way back there, uh, Second City, you know, big fan of the, 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 you know, those sketch comedies of way back. Um, yeah, I wonder if it, you said you think you might produce something with him, but he never was anything directed after that. I could be. I mean, the thing is, um, I didn't uh, didn't double check, but. Uh, I know but, in in the directorial thing, I don't think he directed anything else that Eugene was in, other than those two movies. He wanted too much money. <laughs> Foxy Lady uh, Hero—that's the name of a character, which I want to—I want to name. Uh, that's a good name for a dog. I don't know about uh, Hero would be kind of a pimping name. He got you—that's a big fucking responsibility to throw on somebody to call him a hero. Uh, they'd be trying to save everybody up. But he's a nice kid. You'd expect... I'd like to meet Hero anti-Hero. You know what I mean? The, the bully. He's a, But in this story, Hero's a nice kid who helps everyone in trouble. And Leander is the richest girl in the world. They meet and fall in love. Aww. That is a fairy tale, yeah. That is a fairy tale. We know that doesn't exist. It's a it's a story of uh, the Foxy Lady Strip Clubs, the original, <laughs> where it all began. Uh, the chain. Uh, so then now we're jumping into the more of the world where we kind of know Cannibal Girls. I would sounds very fun. My my comment on Cannibal Girls sounds like something that'd be very fun, and I actually would like to see it, knowing that he directed it and it's a horror movie. You know what I mean? Or an attempt at a horror movie type deal. We'll see. Um, you can watch it now on Shout Factory's TV channel, I guess, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I'd like to rock into that one of these days. I wonder might have in the poster. It's got a big fat butcher too. I love back in the day we would see these like morbidly obese people and no, no, no beef to them, but they were they weren't afraid to put some folks. It's like you can't deny the talent. You know what I mean? Can't deny the fucking talent, so they put the person in there. They know they're going to get a good acting job out of it. It's beautiful. But, you know, the first film up that we kind of know Ivan for that he probably hit our radar um, would be, of course, what would you say, Hawkman? What do you got got there? Well, I know that the next one uh, he does is Meatballs. Uh, Does he know Frankie and Magamo? Maybe, maybe. Maybe he uh, named uh, Meatballs after uh, Frankie's famous Meatballs. You never know. I wonder if if Frankie taught him how to make Meatballs. Uh, Meatballs is uh, from 1979. <clears throat> it's not quite as raunchy as like a Porky's type comedy, but it had its elements of it. You know what I mean? I remember it being a movie that my uncles watched. 
You know what I mean? And, and, and that's how I first got hip to it. Probably the first time I ever got hip to Bill Murray, to be realistic, um, before even Ghostbusters. Um, he was kind of a wacky character in this. The meatballs, I think they did, what, like five or six of those when the game was over? Um, I only knew uh, one and two. If they did more than that, it's uh, possible. I just didn't even hear of them. They did. It was Meatballs with Bill Murray, part two. Is that is the alien in it. That's all I remember. The alien one. Very Talk about a franchise that, that fucking switches it up. Like, you got to give the Meatballs franchise props for switching it up, dude. They made a franchise out of that shit, and, like, they're different. Yeah, part two is alien. A fucking alien comes down and hangs with, uh, hangs with the fucking kids. That's the one where they got a box, right? I think so. I mean, I vaguely remember it. I only remember the fact that they had an alien, in it and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is a sequel to the Bill Murray one." I, I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm totally lost. I don't see how how this even connects, other than being at a summer camp." <laughs> That's fun, though. How can you hate on that? You know what I mean? Hey, I don't hate on it. It just was one of those sequels where you're kind of like, uh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Meatballs, the original, it was fun. I mean, Bill Murray, of course, steals the show. I mean, Bill Murray always does when when he's given uh, given a uh, a good role. So, yeah, Meatballs was, uh, was a fun time. It's kind of like how Hallow- when Halloween was originally, they wanted to go in the direction of um, different, like, different types, each one out, you know what I mean? Like, themes, like, they didn't all want to be Michael Myers. Um, The best one from part two, I remember there was, like, a dummy character named Boomer, and uh, the dude's walking down the, walking, like, down a fucking path in the woods, and somebody goes, hey, and he stops, and he goes, hey, who's over there? And he goes, hey, it's me, Boomer. And he goes, oh, okay. And he walks over there. And then he go, he stops for a second and goes, hey, wait a second. I'm Boomer. And then they hit him over the head. I, dude, that's a good gag, dude. I don't care who you are. That's a good laugh. You know what I mean? And then part three was, I believe, part three was um, Patrick Dempsey. And he's like lover boy style, nerdy teenager kid who works at the club. And fuck bikers or some bad news comes into town and like tries to take over the there was like the fucking campground and he has to like send them off and then part four got the fell dog in it which is like my goodness i think it all it's, it's like beef between two campgrounds and uh all i know for part four part four is legendary because at one point, uh, the fell dog dances like MJ, or uh, he taught MJ. Him and MJ learned how to dance together. That's why they're they're like, from what I hear. But he does the dance, you know, which is timeless. It really is timeless when you watch it. But the most glorious part of Meatballs Four is you get to the end of the movie, and the end of it is him and the girl, the star of it, like embracing getting ready to have a big passionate kiss behind the scenes. And uh, he just, he, 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 he takes a break from getting ready to make out with the girl. He looks at the screen and he goes, shrugs his shoulders and goes, I was in the Goonies. And that's how they end the movie. 
It is. I'd buy the box set, dude. And there could be more. That's a franchise that I'm surprised nobody ever tried to, like, tag on to. You know, it's a, it's a funky one. Um, it'd be funny because you got, you can do like a dark, darker comedy shit. It could be anything. I'm surprised it hasn't been done because unfortunately, dude, the way they do things savagely is they just kind of exploit stuff. So someone would just take that and do it, unfortunately. But I'd love to see somebody actually take a real honest to God, run it, run it, doing it. That'd be funky. Um, but yeah, I got down with the meatballs. So I'm sure he, he was producing all of them. He created it. He practically created the dang thing over there. Yeah. Um, what did we get up next, boss man? After meatballs, what was the follow up? The next one is Stripes. Stripes, Classico. Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, I was a big fan of this movie. I really like Stripes. Um, actually, I think I saw, well, I, uh, yeah, I saw. I think I saw this before. I saw Meatballs. Um, I I I enjoyed it because it had like the murderous row of comic talent of the time. It really you did. had. You had John Candy. You had John Larroquette. You got jo- Judge Ringhold. You had, um, of course, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis. Of of bunch of other people I can't think of right now, but anyway, yeah. yeah I I mean the thing was that it it, it worked because well you had a whole group of people uh, that that were you know different comic styles and all that they all just worked well together and it was a great great uh, a great comic team and 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 also. The fact that I know that Held Ramis mainly became a director. I mean, he acted ever so often, but uh, I I always thought that Harold, while I I think he was a great director, I would have liked to see him more in acting roles because I thought he was really great in in his comic timing, especially when it was with Bill Murray. I, yeah. The two of them could have been a great comic act because the two of them balanced each other out greatly on screen. And that's why I think Stripes did it as well as it did was because that Harold and Bill just, you know, as an acting team definitely worked well together. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. It really is like uh, uh, a highlight reel of that time of comedy. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you got Harold Ramis is right up there with Ivan Reitman was like the, you know, directed over there. Killing at that time. You know, there's a lot of good directors from that time that did just kind of, uh, you know, was killing it. Was killing it in that comedy world. Yeah, Stripes, I think I might have seen Stripes first before anything else of his. It was such one of those big movies, you know, like, there, there's, he definitely has a break off in generational things, you know what I mean? Like, I'd say definitely Meatballs and Stripes were more like, I remember my uncles, you know, I was kind of born uh, prematurely into the world. So my uncles, uh, where everybody was still kind of young, and they were like older teenagers, early 20s and stuff. So like, they were still kind of hip to what was going on, you know what I mean? 
And I remember like seeing, so I remember seeing these movies like when they first came out on like VHS and when you were able to get them in the house type deal. And yeah, so like I kind of keep consider those films with their era, you know what I mean? And then like next up, we move into the Ghostbusters, which is a fucking iconic in our life, you know, in our generation, I think. I think that Ghostbusters was starting our generation. That's what I, when I said earlier, he was generational. That's what I kind of mean. Like, I feel like our parents and uncles and stuff got down heavy with, you know what I mean, meatballs and, and stripes. And then we got down heavy with Ghostbusters for sure, you know, and some of the other upcoming films. Um, you know, I'd be curious to see what other generations feel about films like Dave and Junior, Father's Day, shit like that. You know what I mean? Where that play, you know, younger people that where that would play in their life. Um, but yeah, for sure, uh, you know, for sure, Ghostbusters, legendary Hawkman. What are you gonna say about Ghostbusters? Well, I mean, uh, Ghostbusters was actually the first Iron Right Men film I saw. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. I saw that. Now I was born in 1981. Yeah. That came out in 1984, so I was only like three years old or something like that. Yeah. And I know that I came out and being a little kid, you know, I saw all the commercials for it, a lot of hype for it. And of course, I was like, Mommy, Mommy, I want to see it. And of course, he's like, uh, uh, Alex, it, it looks like it's an older kid movie. Uh, you have to wait a bit. You have to grow up a little bit before you see it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, maybe a year later or so, when it was on DVD and all that, Actually, VHS at the time. I was at a, 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 a play date, and the kid had it, and he put it in. And I remember watching it, and I was scared shitless. Okay? Those oh. demon dogs scared the shit out of me. And oh, yeah. I had nightmares for weeks, and my mom was like, I told you you were too young for the film. I was like, yes, Mom. Well, that's what was so, that's what's so good about some of those like crossover horror comedy of that time where they were pitching to a children's audience, but they were still, they were like a more mature, more like darker influenced, like, uh, you know what I mean? Where like adults could like it too. Cause yeah, there's definitely some stuff in, in both of those Ghostbuster movies that I remember being like, hoo ha, woo. Um, I like to see in part two, the biggest creep out I think I had out of all of them, I'd probably say it was part two where uh the dude come the dude from Ally McBail rolls up with the with the evil stroller to get the baby off of the uh off of the fucking the windowsill there. I always thought that was horrifying. Well that was actually Ghostbusters too, not not the first one. That's what I said. I said Ghostbusters too. Oh you did? Okay, sorry. My mistake. I had a brain fart. I thought you uh, okay. <laughs> well, one of these days you'll you'll listen to me and not just go when do I get to talk? When do I get to talk? Thinking it over and over and over again. Nah. So what's your, what's your take on Ghostbusters? Well, Ghostbusters, um, I mean, I, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Of, of, I mean, if someone said, name like 20 of your favorite movies, Ghostbusters is definitely in it. Um, I, can, I can recite like every line from it by heart. Yeah. And, uh, and 
what what worked is the same reason why stripes worked. And one of the reasons I think Ivan Reitman had a lot of talent was he knew how to get groups of comics together that work well off of each other. And, uh, I mean, you had Dan Aykroyd, you had Bill Murray, you had uh, Rick Moranis, you had Harold Ramis, you had, you know, Annie Potts. I mean, all of them just worked well off each other and made it, you know, extremely funny. And uh, he really had, he really knew how to bring in the horror and the comedy at the same time. So that's yeah. why it was was uh, was as good as it was. Well, scripted by, you know, Dan Aykroyd. You know, Dan Aykroyd was throwing out some crazy wild stuff back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, not taking any way uh, from uh, Dan, but I, I mean, the, the thing uh, thing about being a director is that you have to be able to bring everyone together to to work and and grab them from their strengths and then make this whole thing cohesive and make it work. Yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters is legendary in my youth. You know, it's right up there with, like, fucking Willy Wonka was huge. Uh, Wizard of Oz, you know, just going back and forth. Uh, VHS store and such. Rentals way back. Multiple rents, you know what I mean? Ghostbusters was fucking iconic, you know what I mean? Cartoon, I, some people don't like, but we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. Um, you know, have you seen the Ghostbusters music video with Ray Parker Jr.? I haven't seen the music video, no. I mean, I, of course, know the song. I love the song. Of course. Ghostbusters are in it. Ivan Reitman directed it. You know what I mean? So there's a directorial. Now, Legal Eagles from 1986. Are you familiar with this? I've never seen this film. Um, I don't think I've seen it. I've known of it. I've heard of it. Uh, Robert Redford's in it. Um. To be perfectly honest, I I don't remember anything about it. It's it's one of those that kind of that just went on by me that I missed. Yeah, yeah. I got a um. Unfortunately, I have a, uh, I have a sickness. I have a syndrome. It's called uh, Robert Redford isms. Jesus, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and. If I watch a Robert Redford film, I break out in hives and stuff, you know what I mean? So I try to stay away from it. I try not to do it. So the fact that the Red Man was in it, and I got no beef with Robert Redford. Um, I wish him well in everything, you know what I mean, if he's still with us. And uh, and even if he's not, I wish him well. Ain't that, ain't that sweet of me? But I just never really, what I've never found myself really watching a Robert Redford film or really enjoying enjoying myself. I honestly don't think I've ever fully watched a Robert Redford film. Um, what can you do? Well, it, I, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I seen that one. That's him, right? Yeah, yeah. I seen That's that him one. and Paul Newman. I've seen more memes of Paul Newman, of fucking Robert Redford, than I have of of uh, his films, we'll say. But I'm sure this is. I'd watch this if I caught this on, you know, on, on streaming. I don't know if I'd go out there and pay for it. Unfortunately, Mister Reitman, I apologize. But I, I'd watch it if it was uh, if, if it popped up. 
on Netflix tomorrow, I take it as Ivan Reitman wanted me to watch it. And uh, I'd definitely do that for him, for sure. I'm a good guy like that. Now, next up in 1988, there's a film uh comes to the earth. It's called Twins. <laughs> a classic. You, you want to know what, what I... Uh... This is what I think happened, how twins became a reality, okay? It's yeah. probably not true, but this is how I think. I think someone was like, Ivan, I know you think you're, you're a funny man. I, I know you think that you are the best in the business, but I, I, I'm sure that you can't make anybody funny. And he's like, oh, yes, I can. I'm, I'm a, a, the most talented comic director out there. I can make anybody. No, no, no. You can't. Yes, I can. No, I, I bet you. I bet you, you can't even make Arnold Schwarzenegger funny. He's like, oh, yeah, I bet you. Not only am I going to make him funny, I'm going to do at least three movies with him that is going to show you that he's funny. And then well, twins were born. I think twins were born by them going... We need the two of the opposites, two complete opposites of people. DeVito's interesting. Um, his whole career is interesting, rather. DeVito's the man. Love Danny DeVito. You know, all the way back to the taxi days. Uh, it's Louis De Palma. Um, fantastic. You know what I mean? Uh, through his entire career, you know, he produced a bunch of weird things that you might not have thought, might have, not have, thought he produced. Uh, like Pulp Fiction, you know what I mean? He kind of has that weird Mel Brooks deal where Mel Brooks produced Elephant Man, but you never kind of know, you know what I mean? Uh, it's not pushed, you know what I mean? But Danny DeVito gets a lot of fucking love at the Boom Basta cast, for sure. Oh, yeah. Bill, Bill Coyne met him once, which is always a fun story. Next time Bill's on the show, where he could have told it in the past, but yeah, I thought it was a really cool film, you know what I mean? A lot of fun. Um... It looks like it would have been a lot of fun to shoot. You know what I mean? It looks like it would have been a really good, like a blast. But yeah, Twins is good times. I remember seeing that right the time it came out too. And um, that was, you know, that was, that was good stuff. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that it, it definitely worked. I mean, you had the juxtaposition of Danny DeVito and Arnold and both of them worked great. Uh, and, and, and the fact that he took Arnold, who's known as this big action star, this, you know, big guy, and then made him kind of the, you know, pacifist, the easygoing guy, and the guy who's not going to be throwing you through a window or anything. And then, of course, made Danny DeVito more of the agitator, more of the rumbunctious, the love interest, the guy who got the girls kind of thing. I mean... That is what made it great, in my opinion, because it played with your expectations. Because you're like, Danny DeVito, the short little guy, he's the one that, you know, is 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 climbing out the window while the woman's husband's coming into the door. And it's not Arnold? I mean, come on! I mean, it's, yeah. And, and like I said, I know I, I was joking uh, about, you know, someone betting Ivan, that he couldn't make, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger funny. But I honestly believe that Arnold would not have been able to 
you know, show his comic to- uh, chops if it wasn't for Ivan. Because I don't think anyone else would really have given him that chance. No, I don't think so. You know, it's like Arnold's, uh, I think a lot of, they probably, a lot of funny, big muscle dudes probably think they're funny, but it's very, they probably, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of come off that way. So you got to kind of get a good director in there that knows how to kind of handle people, uh, as well as comedy in the situations for sure. Yeah, they and they did. They went on to do some more shit together. Oh yeah, exchanged a lot of Christmas cards over the years. You know what I mean? Yeah, but for anybody out there that's never seen twins, you know, you know, uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, are reunited twins from yesterday's past, and uh, yeah, it's funny because DeVito kind of DeVito's a weird dude where he almost plays himself and everything. But he's, but it's great. But he does. But he's such. It's we. You know what I mean? Like when you really think about it, Devito kind of plays Devito, but it's always good. It's weird. It's a weird. We're gonna have to dice get a dive deeper into his his. I'd love to interview him. You know what I mean? Have to dive deeper into like his his technique and you know because he is a good actor and he he gets what he wants you to feel. No matter how he wants you to feel, he can get you to do that. You know what I mean? But he's always kind of, you know what I mean? And that's not a shot at him. It's very hard to explain. But, yeah, he's, he's very good. Very good. I, I don't even know too much about his background either, if he came from comedy or like, or if he just was an actor. You know what I mean? It, oh, uh, he was a hairdresser. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito was a hairdresser. Did he do what? On, did he do it on the films and t- television and stuff, or just no? Regular? No, he he just uh, worked in his sister's uh, uh, salon, I believe. Interesting. Yeah, and I think uh, because I remember seeing an interview with him where he made a comment that you know uh, I get there was additions out, and you know. Uh, he would, of course, crack everyone up at, at the hairdressing salon while he was cutting hair. And, you know, I think it was his sister who was like, you always talk about, you know, making people laugh, being an actor. You know, why don't you go on an audition? And he went out, he got a job, and then, you know, he kept on getting jobs. It makes me sad that one day we're going to do a top 10 AD day, you know. Uh, don't say that. That, that man's going to live forever. But it's gonna be. I'm. I'm also sad because it'd be so hard to pick the top ten out of that dude's body of work. You know what I mean? Legendary yeah. status. What do we get up next for Mister Ivan Reitman? Well, after Twins is something we did talk a little bit about before. Ghostbusters two. Ooh, that was a. Now the thing with goes. I love Ghostbusters too, but it's funny. At later in the later years, recent more recently, I heard the outcry of how people don't like part two which i thought was weird i loved it as a kid teenage up until now and uh all throughout life as far as i was as far as my knowledge is everybody was all hunky-dory together loving ghostbusters 2 almost as much as they love ghostbusters 1 well Well, where do you fall on that one bubba well i mean it's it's funny i think i kind of falls onto where uh um you made a comment before about you know, in this case, it was um, the Friday the 13th, how everyone loves the first one because, well, it's the first one. 
Okay. Yeah. And and I think it's the same thing with Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters is a classic. It's great. It hits all the right notes. And it'll always be a favorite. Now, Ghostbusters 2, I think, is as good. I don't think it's better. I think that, honestly, you put both of them side by side. I get the same enjoyment from both movies. And I think that it's a good sequel. I don't think it does anything better. I think it does exactly the same thing the first one does, just with a different villain. And that's that's it. I and, like this. Yeah, and I like the second one. I think the second one's really good. I think it's a great follow-up. I think it's just that because it was the second one and everyone's like, oh, I didn't get the exact same feeling I got from the first one. That means it's not that good. But it's like it's a sequel. You're not supposed to have the exact same feeling. I mean, for me, I, I love both of them. I think both of them are great. And uh, and I don't think the second one is any lesser than the first one. Uh, I'm with you 110 percent. Before you know, I um, you know I th- both of them got legendary villains too. Like Zool is like horrifying. I remember being a kid seeing Zool and just really being like, "Wow, cause it's so weird!" But the like the bubbly and the demon looking vibe. Oh. And that uh, fucking um, his name Vigo uh, is fucking you know Vigo the Carpathian there the Carpathian the Carpathian uh, you are did, the buzzing of flies to Vigo he, he's also in um, John Carpenter's in the Mouth of Madness <laughs> and that dude's face is, uh, I'll be nice because I believe he killed himself off. But, like, he has a really distinct, rugged, really manly manly man face. He's got a face of a dude that, like, if you fucking, if they threw you in the cage with this dude back in the day, you'd just fucking kill yourself off. You'd go, all right, well, I'd rather, like, go out peaceful in the peaceful sweetness of losing my blood than just headbutting me until it caves my head in and it's over. Because he might eat my brains once fucking my head's open, which nobody wants that. Well, at least I don't want that. But uh, the dude, uh, Wilhelm von Humburg, um, rest in peace, I know he's no longer with us. Um, superb villain. You know Peter McAnoley there? The McAnoley. Uh, P- Peter McNichol. McNichol? Yeah. Me and him got beef, I think. He we don't he don't return my Christmas cards. Oh man, that's sad to hear. I I, I, I am a big fan of him. I like him. I pref- I like him. I prefer you know him from Ali McBeal is what I know him the most from. Um, and he's still living off that Ali McBeal money. Don't you don't you don't fret. Um, I thought he was great as the the Doctor John Oz, whatever his name was. Yeah. Oh, uh, I thought he was great. He was a great little. Middleman. Um, part two is really good. I like it a lot. You know, it, it brought in the whole uh, the ooze gun. I remember that was big as a kid seeing that the slime gun being like, Ellie. Did they sell the slime gun? Was that sold? Was that a toy? I know. I I can't believe it wasn't, but I don't remember to be perfectly honest. What a world, though. 
Yeah. Uh, but very cool. Most Ghostbuster movies, the ooze was super cool. I remember as a kid just seeing that that color was just so cool, the pink, um, the glowing pink. Fine. You know what I mean? That's another thing that's so cool about those films is that uh, they just... They're, like I said before, they're made for kids and adults at the same time. And I do think that the thing is that when the scary stuff actually scares the kids and makes the adults go, that is kind of creepy. That Maybe that is pushing it a little bit. Um, I think that's kind of the best way to do stuff like that, uh, for sure. You know what I mean? Ghostbusters 2. Some would say the last of the good Ghostbusters films. Next up, we have a masterpiece uh, of filmmaking. You know what I mean? A film that I love um, a lot. I have the poster for this film. Uh, this, this was a film that was rented many a time at the rental store. Um, and that is the 1990 film, Kindergarten Cop. All right. Magnific- magnificent for anybody out there that isn't familiar with Kindergarten Cop, your boy Arnold Schwarzenegger comes into the picture, Officer Kimball, and uh, he's got to kind of investigate this this mother and uh, mother and son family unit that uh, the father's like this big bad dude, um, fucking weirdo, drug addict. I remember that dude. Like, as a kid, I remember that dude is fucking intense. When you watch that movie, take note of how intense the villain in Kindergarten Cop is. I remember being a kid being like, I do not want to ever be in a fucking room with a dude like this. Like, he, that, like that, the villain in that movie, great, fantastic actor, uh, you know, just fucking killed it. Richard Tyson's his name. He was fucking super intense. Would love to have him as a guest on the show. Uh, if you're out there listening, Richard, give us a shout. Um, but I remember as a kid just being like, damn, like this dude is hard to the fucking core, man. Um, so like Kimball goes to kind of watch his family trying to find this dude that could come back and get the kid. And he does. And, uh, he has to front as a uh, kindergarten teacher in order to get to know the kid. So that's the whole vibe to it. And some of the, I'm not a tool. It's not a tumor. Comes from the tumor. Fucking boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. Comes from this one. There's so many hotlines in this movie. It's ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. You know what I mean? Fantastic. Um, All around great movie. I really like this movie from and. Top three. Is it, I'd have to put it in top three for me. How do you feel about Kindergarten Cop over there? Well, Kindergarten Cop is my all-time favorite movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger that has comedy in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Kindergarten Cop is great. It, again, is another uh, thing where all the supporting cast supports everyone, and, it's, and it works. Uh, forget the actress who plays the uh, a female cop that works with with uh, Arnold, but Pam- uh, Phoebe, her name's Phoebe. She Pam- played by Pamela Reed. Yeah, Pamela Reed. Now that actress, she uh, she was on the Math Net show. 
I don't know yeah. if you remember back when we were kids. Um, oh, yeah. uh, she was great. And uh, you're not so tough without your car. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I and you had Linda Hunt. Uh, she was also great in that. It and and it, it it's great because you you have of course the comedy in it. You have all the action and all that, and even it it has moments of extreme tenderness and sadness where you have like. Uh, Arnold, he starts to really care for the kids, and then there's a he has a a nightmare where uh, the guy you were talking about shows up, and he's going to shoot through the window of the kids, and Arnold just steps up as if to try to protect the kids, and then he wakes up and realizes it's a dream. Yeah. Um, there's another one where he realizes one of the kids is being beaten by his father. Yeah, uh, he'd be, he messed with, get him in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Hunt, Linda Hunt's like, well, how did it feel to hit that son of a bitch? It felt good. <laughs> She's, ah, Linda Hunt is the equivalent to uh, Danny DeVito, I think. Uh, I love Linda Hunt. Uh, I, I do, I love Danny DeVito. I love them both. Linda no, Hunt's I the- love them both. But I got a short, a, a very soft spot for old Linda. I mean, she's she's great. She does. Um, Kill it. She does. Uh, well, she's very sweet. I love her. I bet, you know, I, yeah, is she still with us? She's still with oh, us? Yes. yes. Uh, last time I checked, she's still with us. I know she was on NCIS uh, Los Angeles, but I think she stopped doing that. I don't know what she's doing now. But as far as I know, she's still with us. Bless her heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember she was doing one of those cop shows. It's like the the like the emergency fucking the person you need to call, right? Or something like that. Well, she's kind of like uh uh you ever watch NCIS? No, yeah. I don't get to those shows, unfortunately. Well anyway, she's pretty much the Gibbs in in NCIS of uh, uh Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. she's uh yeah, she was on that till 2021, so I don't know what she's doing now, but that's the last thing that she has up on her IMDb. Cool, cool. All right, home dog, 1993 rolls into the world. All right. 1993? Oh. Yeah. Now, this, now, have you seen this movie? Um, no. I, I, me, and, me and Kevin Klein have beef. I know. I Okay, okay, we're going to have to like uh, bring bring this up. Okay, I understand that you love his wife. I love his wife, but we gotta put this beef behind us, dude. You I gotta can't. accept it, man. You gotta accept it. He's gotta give her her time back and bring <laughs> her back to me and make it all okay, and then maybe we'll see what's up. You know what I mean? Uh, well, the movie we'll talk about is Dave. I have seen Dave too, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, I really love this movie. I thought it was really well done. Uh, Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver, great in this film. And 
I mean, if you don't know what the the story is, Dave is about this guy who happens to look like the president of the United States. Now, the president of the United States ends up dying in a very compromising position. So uh, they decide to take Dave, who they had brought in earlier to double for the president, because they occasionally find people that look like the president, bring them in in certain functions to try to limit the amount of chances that someone can just take him out. And of course, the president dies and his, you know, next, in, his, the people that are around him are in a bit of dirty dealings with the president. So they want to keep on doing the d- dirty dealings and they don't want the vice president, played by Ben Kingsley, who's a really good, like, Boy Scout type of guy to come in and, and, and mess up their, you know, dealings. So they bring in, Kevin Klein's character, Dave, which they think, oh, we'll bring this guy in. He'll, you know, look like a president. He'll play all the games. And, you know, he'll just be there, run out the term as we keep on doing everything that we were doing behind the scenes. And, of course, Dave, Kevin uh, Klein's character, is a very nice guy. He's about helping people. And uh, he also, you got Charles Grodin, in there as a uh, small small scene, yeah, and Ving um, Rains. yeah, and Ving Rains, and um, and the thing is, it's it's a very fun fun film, and I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, I remember uh, it was a funky story. Yeah, me and me and I don't know. It's unfortunate. Me and Kevin Klein, if we could squash that beef one of these days, <laughs> I guess there's probably a couple movies I should rewatch or. You know, check out again. You know what I mean? Do it, do it nice for society, for the world. Now, next up is a film called Junior, which was very ahead of its time. You know what I mean? Yeah, Junior. Not a big fan. I, uh, him and Arnold and Danny DeVito back in action together. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I could tell that they wanted to try to. You know, recapture the, the 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 feeling of twins, but it just didn't work. I mean, yeah, I love Danny DeVito, I love Arnold, and they are great talents. But I don't know, something was off. I mean, the script just didn't really work well. The jokes didn't seem to land as well as I would hope. I mean, I don't know about anything going behind the scenes. Maybe there was issues with. A producer, or maybe there was something with the script or something. It's just... I think Arnold was still kind of switching up out of, like, always action stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't, that. He wasn't you know, big on going back and forth where other ones were. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of some of the issue. It's interesting. He's good in it, too. Like, I... It's a, I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that it was a kind of funny concept, but... On paper, oh, it was cool on paper, for sure. They go, all right, we're going to yeah. make a movie where Danny and Arnold are two doctors, and they're crazy, wild, zany doctors. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to try and make a man have a baby. baby. Yeah. They go, oh, that's interesting. And they go, 
can he have, can, at the end, can it be twins and we can call it twins too? Then, <laughs> no, we're going to call it Junior. There you go. Junior. Wow. Yeah, Damn. I mean, like I said, it, uh, I mean, if I was to pick the one thing that I've seen of his that really didn't work for me, and it would be Junior. It just, the jokes didn't oh. land right for me, and it just was kind of a, a disappointment, unfortunately. I mean, no one's going to get 100%. No one's going to have every single movie that's going to be, you know, great. And Junior just, I thought, felt kind of flat. Junior will probably get a reboot now that he passed. Maybe the kid will do it. Um, I didn't mind Junior. I still thought that was kind of in... Uh... And, 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 you know, it wasn't as good as other films. I'll definitely give you that that he's done. But it wasn't too much of a letdown not to, not to enjoy it type deal, you know, at least for me. But Alex, you know, it was too much of a letdown to even enjoy. So what can you Bye. do? Um, like, I think that there, unfortunately, I think worst movies lie ahead. So curious <laughs> to see where your opinion goes in the future. Uh, with that, okay. With that being said, next up, uh, Father's Day with the late Robin Williams, friend of the show, and Billy Crystal. Yeah. Billy Crystal's very a very delicate personality that you have to place him perfectly in the right film or it ain't going to work. Because I think if he's not doing per- what, what he's need to do there, I think he's irritating people. Um, and I love the fucking Billy Crystal. That's my dude. All right? We used to hang out a lot back in the day. But, yeah, I don't, uh, Father's Day, I, I, I watched this was one of those things where it comes out, you go, ooh, big comedy, it's got Robin Williams and Billy Crystal in it, we're gonna fucking pop some Crystal and do it, um, and then you rent it and you bring it home and you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is, this is Billy Crystal, this isn't Billy Crystal, um. But Robin Williams was good. I think Robin Williams was probably, he's probably like fucking, this is probably one of the times he was hitting the point where he was like, maybe drugs are bad. You know yeah. what I mean? I think this might be a situation for maybe alcohol uh, is kind of, maybe they're right about that alcohol thing. But maybe it's not a good thing. But how, how do you feel about Father's Day? I mean, I definitely do not think it's one of his best works. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, Billy Crystal and Robin Williams have been friends for years, and they have a certain chemistry that I like. And, I mean, honestly, I think the the script wasn't quite strong enough, and the the only people that really were good in it was Robin Williams and Billy Crystal, in my opinion. Every, every, everyone else was kind of like just there. And I, I, I enjoyed it to, uh, to the point that, you know, some of the scenes between uh, Robin Williams and Billy Crystal worked, others didn't. But I think it was more of the, the, the writing and the timing. But other than that, I just enjoyed the two, seeing the two of them together. I mean, the two of them riffing off each other was enjoyable enough for me not uh, hate the movie, I guess. Yeah, I mean they're friendly too. They did like that. Uh, they fucking um, what's that big charity? Oh, uh, comic relief. 
Comic relief, yeah, they did comic relief for each other with together and stuff like that too. So, um, yeah, they've got a history together. Yeah, it'd be cool. Like, I bet I, yeah, to go with that, I'd say I bet what happened on set was a lot funnier than probably what made it to screen. You know what I mean? Um, and Robin Williams was a wild dude, so you know he was throwing out all types of crazy things, and he felt comfy with this person. And I believe what Robin Williams is is. It's not, let me see here, the, the wackiness of a woman cons two old boyfriends in the search for her run, runaway son by convincing both that they are the boy's father. Yeah. You know, that's very ahead of, the, ahead of its time, too. You know what I mean? Doing it big. Every time I see uh, Julia Dreyfus in, 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 a film, in, in, in a film, I could always think of her in Seinfeld. It's unfortunate. Not as Carrie Lawrence in this. It's very sad. Uh, but, you know, we live... You gotta you gotta take it each day at a time. You know what I mean? Still up, Doogie. Alright. Um, next up, we got Six Days and Seven Nights. Alexander, what do you know about some Six Days and Seven Nights? Well, I watched the movie. Um... It was okay. I mean, it's Harrison Ford, Anne Heche, and David Schwimmer. Um, pretty much, it's the the idea of you know you got uh, the woman that's always working and constantly busy, can't really take time out for herself. Uh, I believe she's supposed to get like engaged to uh, David Schwimmer's character, and. Yeah. Uh, um, she works for like one of those magazines, uh, women magazines like Vogue or something like that. And yeah. the editor calls her up and like, oh, you have to go down to the Bahamas or Puerto Rico, wherever the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, 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 island that they ended up. And she gets there. And of course, the only person who can fly her is Harrison Ford and yeah. flies them down and then, she gets a call where she has to fly back. So she gets back on the plane with Harrison Ford, which both of them make it very obvious that they don't like each other. They have issues. And then, of course, as they're flying, they crash, the plane crashes on an island that's not on the scheduled route. Um, yeah. And then they run across, I think, drug runners or some kind of bad guys. And... Like I said, it's mildly amusing, um, but first of all, Anne Heche and Harrison Ford have no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, and then, of course, you have it that, uh, you know, through all the struggles, they end up bonding and caring for each other, and they finally escape and, and all of that, and... It's it's a it's a cliche sandwich is the best way I would say uh, about about uh, six days seven nights. Um, I and mean, well, I I will say it's better than Junior because it got more laughs out of it. Uh, it's not that much better. Oh. Yeah, Harrison Ford's a dude. Me and him had beef for a long time. So dude, when you've I- had beef with. Almost I, everybody. Oh, this is my fault. I don't cause the beef. <laughs> you know what I mean? Him and me and him haven't talked in a while. 
Um, I wish him well, of course. You know what I mean? But so because of that, six days and seven nights, I turned out, I just canceled that whole trip and didn't make it, make the journey, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, but, uh, Evolution 2001, a space odyssey was upon us. And, uh, this is as close as we got, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, did you see that? I did. David Duchovny, Orlando, yeah. Julian Moore. Uh, this was a very fun film. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that it came out, a lot of people shit on it. Um, I, I, honestly, I, it's, if I was to pick, like, the, the dark horse of what I, Ivan Reitman has done that I yeah. enjoy, Evolution would be the movie. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought Sean William Scott, Orlando Jones, and David Duchovny, and even Julianne Moore, who I am not a huge fan of, all of, them, all of them really, you know, they were funny. It was enjoyable. I really loved the movie. I thought it was funny. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, if you want to get technical, I, it's, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's, it's, I mean, people try to make a connection. Well, you know, they were trying to do a Ghostbusters, but instead of Ghostbusters, you had aliens, and, and like, I, okay, I can I can see the idea you're going with that, but it's a whole separate movie, and if you're trying to compare it with Ghostbusters, it's not going to measure up. Is as good as Ghostbusters? Not even close. But it, it's a, it's an enjoyable film. If it had, I would, I, you know, that's exactly kind of what it is, which is interesting. It is it's Ghostbusters, but science fiction. It's, uh, it's very kind of interesting. I'd be curious to see if it did like a little more comedic than Ghostbusters, I'd say though. But it, it, it if like Ackroyd wrote it, I, I wonder if it would have done better if Ackroyd actually took it, because he's a big believer in the aliens too as well. Yeah. So all the paranormal, so it'd be so it'd be very accurate and such, and it would have been really interesting. I bet it'd be would have been a bigger hit if it was, you know, Ackroyd co co wrote or Craig came up with the story at least. And, uh, it goes there, you know what I mean? Yeah. It went there. Maybe even some cameos, a Ghostbuster crossover. I think in the in I think where it. As far as the, the filmmakers go, I think they felt like uh, this era probably would have been a little bit of bad taste. This was before the era of everybody loving throwback retro things. Ackroyd was in it, though, I remember. He did have a yeah. cameo. Um, yeah, he played the mayor, I think. Were any of the other Ghostbusters in it? No, no. Dan Ackroyd was the only one that I, I remember in it. Um and like I said, yeah, it's 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 not as good as as uh, Ghostbusters, but I definitely think that it deserves a watch. I definitely remember enjoying it. And of course, I mean, I think Orlando Jones and uh, Sean William Scott really stole the stole the yeah. movie. I thought they were hilarious in it. I agree. Ted Levine's in there too. Can't beat it. Michael Bauer's in there too. Donkey Lips. But mm. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, he is. He's in. He's in that. He's also in Dudes Where Dudes Where uh, Dude Where's My Car, which was around this time. And uh, 
and then and then salute your shorts or his his big deals. Uh, we should get him on the show sometime. We're, we're Facebook pals, whatever that means. You know what I mean. <laughs> so next up, next up after evolution, my friend, what do you got there? Uh, next is my super ex girlfriend. That was a weird oh. film. I remember when that one uh, popped off, and I always thought that, that was a very weird. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know if I ever seen it, but I remember I seen the trailer, and it was very like didn't quite know what it wanted to be type deal. I don't know. Maybe it was superb. Did you see it? I I watched it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was. It was okay. I saw what they were trying to do with it. Um, you got Luke Wilson, who's kind of the guy, you know, uh, not having the best of luck with uh, with uh, women. And then you got Uma Thurman, who's who's you know she's dressed up like a librarian, and you know he takes a chance. They go out and date, and of course you later find out that she's a superhero and a superhero that's extremely needy. And, uh, you know, he breaks up with her, and, of course, he terrorizes his life. Um, I mean, definitely, I mean, if it was made today, it would be considered extremely bad taste. Um, I think it was kind of bad taste at the time. Sounds like that that The Boys show a little bit. The what show? The Boys, the, the graphic novel. No, no, there's a huge difference. The the boys That's hardcore, I know, obviously. Yeah, the, the the boys is hardcore and yeah, it's it's more about it it's it's a commentary on the superhero ideas and, and, and stereotypes and all that. Now the thing with my super ex girlfriend is it's like it's like a bunch of guys sat that around a conference table like, okay. Let's think of a a, a movie, okay? Hey, man, you know I just broke up with my girlfriend and she's being a real pain in the ass. Like, hey, I just got an idea. What if, what if, okay, listen to me. What if your ex-girlfriend was a superhero? Can you imagine? Okay, I mean, uh, you, you see my key your car now, but what if she can uh, grab a shark and throw it at you? I mean, and that's the whole premise of the entire movie, honestly. Is is like what if you know you you date this girl and you find out it doesn't work and and you have to dump her and then you find out that she's a crazy ex girlfriend who also has superpowers. I mean that's the pretty much the premise of the movie. Uh, I mean it, I had a few chuckles here and there, but for the most part it just kind of fell flat. It just it just didn't work. It just kind of made you know. It just just didn't work, in my opinion. Yeah, two thousand six. I'd, I'd I'd be interested to see what time Jason Reitman was accepted into the Hollywood system if it was in two thousand six time, because uh, I almost say the dad that was the dad was paying them paying it forward for the kid. He's like, yeah, I'll make this movie that I'd never make otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, thank you for smoking, which was his first, the kid's first success. 
full uh, film, I think, came out in 2005, the year before this. So it's quite possible a little Satanus deal was made with the Hollywood system to give him a career off that. Yeah. But we'll have to behold the pill podcast boys on here to talk about that if we're going to go any. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't see that one. Um, I see Uma Thurman on the poster with a broken car. Reminds me of when Quentin Tarantino wanted her to drive to Kill Bill car and risk her life, and that was a big deal for uh, um That was a weird one where she wanted to blame Quentin Tarantino, but then she didn't want to blame Quentin Tarantino. Uh, she was torn. It was very upsetting for everybody involved. So after you uh, deal with superhero ex-girlfriends, the next thing is you want it, you don't want strings attached anymore. You go, fuck that. I'm never dealing with that uh, super ex-girlfriend stuff again. And the best way to do it is no strings, and there is no ex-girlfriend to speak of, you know what I mean? Now, no strings attached has uh, a gentleman who I think is, unfortunately, let's just say it has two gentlemen in it that I think are, I'm very, me and them have uh, strong beef. We'll say this very, very strong beef between uh, Ashton Kutcher, uh, Kevin Klein, and myself. You know, me and me, Natalie Portman, we're, we're doing, we're still pretty good. You know what I mean? I'll always, I'll always give her leeway for the professional, you know what I mean? But we're, uh, we're, we're still doing good. Um, but yeah, I've seen this. I've seen this because it was on TV. Um, I remember movies like this, you know, Upchuck was always on television, always on the telly, uh, when, you know what I mean? Uh, horrifyingly bad movies that, ugh, I don't know, this is a real bad time for films, especially comedies. Yeah. And I- what the, I don't know what the dynamic change is because you'll, you'll have people that do iconic comedies like Ivan do something that's just kind of t- not good, and you kind of wonder where the issue came about because you know, as me and the Hawkman know, and a lot of people listening, making a film is a collaborative effort from the get go, you know, and it, that's why it's kind of when they, when they some come out so good, it, it's miraculous, you know. I could even. You know, when you, even even like these big, huge films, when they come out successful and really good, you, I always give them kudos, like the smaller ones, because like there's a lot that could happen that could just make it lackluster and not good. And when they really do it, there's a lot of like, moving parts, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, all these. But I don't know, I guess for the time, these must have been good or whatever. I don't know. Not in my world. Not in my world, brother. Did you get into No Strings Attached, Hawk? Was that your movie of the week? I watched the movie. Um, well, I mean, here's the funny thing, which I don't know if you remember, but when No Strings Attached came out, another movie came out. And that yeah. movie was called Friends with Benefits. That oh, yeah. one starred Mila Kunis. Now, That's what I thought was at first, yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, okay? First of all, uh, both movies were were bad, okay? I mean, put it this way. I mean, watching both of them, I couldn't tell you which one was better because I consider them about the same. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's and then of course the funny thing is Asher Kutcher and Mila Kunis end up getting married. So you know, um, but well. here's the thing that uh, it was okay. I mean, I I enjoyed Natalie Portman. And, uh, I thought it. I didn't think it was. I don't know why she did the movie. Uh, <laughs> um. I can understand why Ashton Kutcher did the movie. I don't know why Natalie Portman did. I mean, I can only assume that they offered her a good chunk of change. Um, Me and um, I, I, I like the other movie better. To tell you the truth, Friends with Benefits. There, Mila Kunis. We're very, we were very close back in the day. For <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. Ran over. She ran over to Ashton Kutcher after I broke her heart. It was kind of like, uh, you know, the the weird kind. Con- like I was the Kanye West of that time. You know what I mean? That's all. <laughs> I- but, but yeah, I I mean, like I said, it. Uh, I mean, the whole idea I thought was kind of stupid, and and I felt the same way with Friends with Benefits. It's like, oh. Okay, so they they tried it. I, I mean, it was it wasn't done well. I mean, I love Ivan. I just don't know what. I I was watching it, and I thought it was cringeworthy from the beginning to the end. I'm, I'm with you. Put it this way: I'd rather watch Junior again. Oh my! Yeah, I mean, at least Junior, you had. They attempted to be funny. They attempted to make it work. It just didn't for some reason. I mean, No Strings Attached was set out to be unfunny and painful. I agree with that. Yeah, no, I I, I checked out some of those last couple as well. Uh, you know, like I did this draft day. I checked out for draft day. When the the the, first, the opening day of draft day came, I remember I, I remember I wanted to be first in line to not see the movie. So <laughs> over there, and I said I waited in line all day, and they let it in, and I walked over the counter, and then I said, "Can I get a refund for my draft day ticket?" And they said, "We haven't even shown the first movie yet." And I said, "It's already over, baby." It's, and they gave me twenty bucks. And uh, we left. No, I never seen Draft Day. I like Kevin Costner on occasion. Um, Dennis Leary plays a big part in this, which always that stuff makes me laugh. Um, he's to see how far he's come. He's he's cool. He's very close with our pal Lenny the Clark. Very nice. Um, but I've never seen this. You know, sports movies for me. Um, don't really hit it. It's kind of like romantic comedies. Like it's not my world. I'm not really interested by it, and I got no beef with them. They can be there, and I'm happy that people enjoy them. It's just not my cup of tea type stuff. And this is definitely one of those deals. You know what I mean? Did you see Draft Day? Um, I've only seen a part of it. I haven't seen all of it. Um, I mean. I also watched the trailer too, and just going from the trailer and from the the, uh, the 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 little bit I have seen of it, I will have to give it more credits than uh, No Strings Attached, My Super Ex Girlfriend, or uh, Junior. Uh, just 
just how how it's set up. I mean, it's. I mean, I love Kevin Costner. I think he's great. And just in the little bit of the trailer and the little bit of the scene I've seen, uh, the comedy is a little bit more on point. I I felt at least when I saw it coming out that it felt like Ivan Reitman was somewhat coming back. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, the thing was that I just never got... I I don't think it got much fanfare when it came out. I remember seeing the trailer and all that, and I wanted to watch it, but, you know, how things get in the way and you just end up not watching it. And... And like I said, just the the little bit I've seen, you know, had more comic timing and more uh, um, spectacle than uh, the last few things he's done. So, I mean, it could have been good. I mean, I haven't seen all the way through, so I can't 100% say. But at least when I saw it, I felt like, you know, it was it was only a... a, a um, Big budget film, but it felt like they let him do at least a little bit of his magic in it. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I can't get into it. Um, it could be great. It could be one of those deals. You know, one of the reasons Sam Raimi, a big tip of the hat I always give him is that for, for the love of the game movie is that uh, he made me care about baseball for an hour and a half or whatever, and I liked it. You know, Moneyball was another, uh, you know, sports movie I liked. Uh, Any Given Sunday was a sports movie I liked. I think it's The Approach or whatever. Um, I think if you got something to use, not, if the, you're not making a movie for people that already love football. You're making it almost for people that don't like football. Is almost a way to do it because then, you know, the football folks are going to come anyways. They might as well put something in there that the people that are just expecting some run-of-the-mill sports football movie, rehash Rudy, rehash any given Sunday type vibe. Um, if I made a sports movie, football movie, like given Sunday, the first, I mean, not any, it'd be like the last Boy Scout, the first five minutes. <laughs> And that's all we need. That's all we need, Josh. That's all we need, buddy boy. That's all we need. So, um, you know, real quick, I want to zoom through a couple uh, produced things that he did. Not go too deep into it, but just kind of mention, because he's got some hot hot topic stuff in here, you know what I mean? Um, Shivers, you know what I mean? For anybody out there that gets down in the horror world, uh, that was David Cronenberg's first film. You know what I mean? So 1975, he was producing some shivers for Cronenberg, which is, uh, you know, hey, uh, he, he, probably, he helped give the world Cronenberg. That right there is pretty dope. Give him credit for that one, you know. He also executive produced Rabid, you know what I mean? Another Cronenberg one. Uh, 77 by 78, the boy was producing Animal House, you know what I mean? With Johnny Landis, you know, Landis is another dude I put into the category of like Ivan Reitman and, um, what's his name? Who were we talking about earlier? I get Ivan Reitman, those comedy, uh, I was in the middle of something and I brought my brain around. I never should have done. <laughs> 
you know, produce the heavy metal, that heavy metal animated movie. That's a big deal. Yeah. Casual sex. I remember that was a big deal. I think Dice is in that. Feds. Stop or my mom will shoot. Legendary. You know what I mean? Will Sylvester Stallone doing a big style. That's uh, what Harold Ramis, John Landis, and Reitman were all kind of like killing it together, doing the same type of deal. Uh, next up, Beethoven, a film that I appreciate and seen in a, a special region for enjoying it. Um, did you like Beethoven? Did you get down with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Actually, it's funny. I watched a thing uh, uh, talking about some uh, behind the scenes of uh, different movies, and one was Beethoven. And I don't know if you know this, but no. the dogs that played Beethoven no. uh, have a very special lineage. Okay? Really? The woman who owned them yeah. was the wife of Buster Keaton. Oh. And the thing is, the dogs were actually, um, you know, uh, children of the dogs that Buster Keaton owned when he was still alive. Was it children of Buster Keaton and those dogs, or was it was it uh, puppies or something? Was it puppies. Papa, Was it Papa humans? Or was it some puppies? <laughs> Maybe they were puppy humans, but it was interesting that Buster Keaton uh, uh, had the dogs that uh, uh, that made the puppies that became the dogs that became Beethoven. We've got the dogs that make the puppies. He also produced Space Jam in 96, which was a big deal uh, in technology. That was kind of like, I remember they thought that was a big deal the way like... Uh, the way Avatar was a big deal in a way, you know what I mean? Followed up by Private Parts, the Howard Stern movie, classic, you know what I mean? Um, I was surprised that he didn't direct that. I thought he did for a little bit, then I dove deeper. Um, I know that he had, he played some big part in it, I remember. Um, what else we got here? Road Trip, you know, now we're coming into the 2000s, where he's, he's wielding, his producing hand pretty strong. Where you have... Uh, let me see here. I'm scratching my arm like a real guy. Real dudes do that, you know what I mean? Um, road trip, 2000. You know what I mean? That was uh, good stuff. I remember road trip was a big success when it came out. That was one of the big deals, you know what I mean? Really cool. Um, in 2002, we did a film called Roughly. I was hoping it would be the Brad Pitt one, but that didn't come until later. Also, Slane's in that. Shout out Slane. Known Slane for a while. back. Talked to Slane recently about appearing on the show. Possibilities, possibilities. Yeah. Old school, huge. Todd Phillips, I think his first big successful film, Hollywood film. So he brought us kind of Todd Phillips, it looks like, a little bit. Uh, followed up by Eurotrip. I remember Eurotrip was like, it wasn't as big as like old school or Road trip is original, but uh, some people liked it. Executive producer on the Trailer Park Boys, the movie. So he got in with the Trailer Park Boys. I believe he's Canadian, uh, which would make SCTV. He hired a lot of SCTV people. Uh, Disturbia, remember that with fucking uh, Matt Damon, huh? Matt Damon, right? 
I think that's the one with um, the, the the Transformer Shia LaBeouf. Uh, okay, I don't remember that one then. Bye. Shia LaBeouf. Actually, had a, I actually wanted to check it out because, but I, my you know my beef with Shia LaBeouf would have let me do it, but we've patched things up. We're friends with a, a rapper named KG. He, he squashed beef for us. Um, but yeah, it's about a kid who's like stuck in his house on how it's kind of like rear window, like where he's either under house arrest or breaks his leg. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, now I know. Okay. Because I was thinking of a, another movie, but okay. I got it now. Yeah. Uh, the uninvited, he produced that horror reboot, a classic. Classic horror film. I love you, man. I love you, man. It's a fun movie, if I remember correctly. Uh, I love you, man. That was the one with uh, Jim Carrey, I believe, right? No. No, that's got Paul Rudd, which I get down with Paul Rudd, but it's got Jason Siegel in it. And me and Sieg, me and the Sieg, you know, unfortunately got beef. So it's, uh, I probably want to do it. I will give him credit for Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, if he did that movie and then retired, I'd say Fantastico. Um, Up in the Air. Remember that one? That was his kid. Yeah, George Clooney, right? Yeah, that was his kid, I believe, was doing that. He did, uh, you know, Trailer Park Boys, Countdown to the Liquor Day. Those are real fun. If anybody's never seen them, um, they're on... Netflix. You can catch the whole TV show and the movies, I think. Hitchcock in 2012. The Anthony Hopkins one. I got the book. I borrowed the book. I got to get that book back to the dude who has it. Owned it. We'll do it big now. You ever see Hitchcock? Oh, uh, the the uh, movie with Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Yeah, the one I was just talking about. Yeah. Watch. He did the Baywatch movie, which was actually pretty good. I'll have to give him credit. Um, Space Jam, the new one. He just did the new one. He produced Afterlife, which was, wasn't that good. And uh, he's got a lot of stuff announced, you know, and uh, in works right now. There's a Stripes TV series in the work, which uh, I don't know. I don't know if that needs to be done. We'll see. Uh, Untitled Animated Ghostbuster Project. I do support that if done right. Ghostbusters Ecto Force TV series, live action possibly. Mm. Um, I bet that there, there's probably like seven or eight things in the works for them. Uh, unfortunately, four of them are announced and four are in pre production, which I don't think he'll be making those meetings because uh, he checked out of the hotel early, I heard. But, you know, rest in peace for sure, Ivan Reitman, legend. You know, last February, this February, not too long ago, um, 75 years in the game, gigantic impact, um, phenomenal, nominated for one Oscar, uh, another seven wins and 11 nominations. You know what I mean? The folks love them. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about Ivan? No, no. I mean, the thing is that uh, he, he's, he's a great talent. He directed some of the best comedies of all time. Yeah. I mean, I know I was kind of harsh on him on some of his latest stuff, but like I always say, I mean, things change. I mean, I don't know what uh, whether he was fighting with producers on stuff or whether just 
things just didn't end up uh, gelling like they used to. Um, but we'll always appreciate the, the movies that he gave us. And we all miss that he's gone. Um, even when he wasn't producing, uh, I mean, when, uh, when he wasn't directing, you know, uh, films, he was producing, he was helping uh, a lot of other people get their films out. And a lot of them were, you know, very good and a lot of fun to watch. So he was always involved in the game and, uh, and he worked hard and he gave us some great films. You know, it's true. You know, he directed some masterpieces. You know, he, you know, produced early films for Cronenberg. You know, he did a land, landish. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's his impact is heavy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's really, um, you know, he probably helped bring Trailer Park Boys to America. You know what I mean? He's got his hand in on bringing a lot of cool folks out. You know what I mean? Uh, I gotta give it nothing but kudos on that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a body of work that can never be argued. Dude's got like 50 projects in development. Uh, if those films are listening and they need somewhere to put the, we make movies. <laughs> so stop or my mom will shoot your film for you and, uh, edit it up and print it out and call it a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, with that being said, we give big rest in peace to Ivan Wright. You know, we thank him for the, you know, some of those films really mean a lot to us and they're cornerstones of entertainment in our lives. And we've turned to those films for, for better times in times of bad times. And, uh, you know, they've seen us in our darkest of hours, um, been there for the journey. You know, who's to say... An old friend in an old movie ain't the same deal. You want to go see that friend, you throw that old friend in the old VHS player. You say, come on, pal. We're going to take a walk. We're going to talk this out, you know? Uh, and we got to thank Ivan Reitman for a lot of those films because uh, there's a lot of films on the, that list that I uh, would not be the person I am today if they weren't in my life. I know Hawk feels the same way, so big kudos to the Ivan and we'll catch y'all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Peace. Very nice. Yeah. That's a very nice. Yeah.